Community. Educational. Engaging. Opportunity. Inspiring. Successful. Thrive. The Cast. Welcome to this episode of the Cast. My name is Lauren. I am the communications assistant for Cougs Rise, a program here at Washington State University. Our goal at Cougs Rise is to provide guidance, support, and mentorship to high school students as they embark on their journey to higher education. Please enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Cast. This episode is all about how to build success with the resources around you. My name is Lauren, and phoning in with me from New York is Guilherme Costa, sitting with me today. Hi, Guilherme. Thank you for being on the show. Hi, my pleasure. Happy to be here. So Guilherme is currently the Senior Vice President and Deputy University Secretary for Syracuse University. Guilherme, before we dive into our topic today, do you want to tell me a little bit about your background and what, what some of the things are that led you to New York? Sure. Um, so I was born in Brazil and kind of grew up there until I was nine years old. And then my family moved to Tampa, Florida, and that's kind of where I grew up from that point on. Um, I went to college at the University of Florida. Um, it was one of 17 schools that I applied to and um, went to law school at Notre Dame. And that was one of 19 law schools I applied to. Um, and then that sort of uh, really got me into the path of higher education law which we can talk about, you know, shortly. Um, And that, you know, I went to D.C. from law school, then to Idaho, then moved to South Dakota, and now finally landed in New York State. And so, um, you know, had lots of really great experiences, met lots of great folks, lived in different parts of the country. Um, Feel like I have a a pretty, you know, full life and... uh, this, this opportunity at Syracuse University, which you know, I'm currently in, um, was something that I didn't even know existed, um, but I sort of learned about it as a path in the last few years. And so, you know, it's funny how over, over your life you can pursue a, a goal so intently. Um, and then when you achieve that goal, you sort of discover new goals to pursue. And so that's certainly, uh, my story is certainly one of, of, of that experience. Yeah, totally. I can completely relate to that in the sense of um, you only think so far ahead, but once you get there, then all of a sudden you're thinking further ahead. You know, you, you get scared of uh, what's next. Um, but then once you're yeah. at what's next, you're already thinking about what's ahead of you still. So I love that. Um, and I think we've all been there <laughs> in our lives. With mm-hmm. that. So you applied to tons and tons of schools. Tell me a little bit about what your thought process was during that and why that was the best move for you? Yeah, you know, so as a high school student, um, I certainly, you know, knew that I would be going to college. It was a personal expectation. Um, And so um, what I wanted to do was really to be as self-sufficient and economically, you know, well-off as possible because obviously college is very expensive. And so... Um, early on in my high school career, I spent a lot of time in the college counselor's office in my high school and really built a relationship with her and, and familiarized myself with the resources, you know, was constantly in there. I mean, probably on a weekly basis as I started getting 
you know, farther along in high school, looking at scholarship opportunities. I mean, there's so many, you know, nonprofits and corporations that provide scholarships for college. Um, and oftentimes, you know, you write an essay or you, you know, you submit something that you've already done anyway. Um, and um, I was, you know, really fortunate to, to be awarded several scholarships from these third parties uh, to attend college. And that certainly alleviated a lot of financial pressure. Um, you know, and so there's sort of that the money side, you know, was certainly a, a, an important consideration. You know, the other thing I also learned early on in high school um, is that, you know, the sticker price of a school and the cost to you are often drastically different. Yeah. You know, I mean, sure. I, I remember looking at some public schools that were a lot cheaper than some private schools, right? And I applied to, like I said, 17 colleges. And when I compared financial aid packages, oftentimes the private school would have been cheaper for me to attend because private schools tend to award a lot more, you know, free money or, or grant aid. And so uh, for me, the big the big reason I apply to so many schools is one, I got a lot of application waivers, which certainly, you know, makes the economics work. But also, you know, I was I had this big question of, you know, as a kid in, in Tampa, Florida, um, do I stay in the state of Florida and go to, you know, a public school in the state? Or am I open to maybe leaving the state of Florida, in which case, you know, public or private doesn't really matter. It's really more about, you know, what can I afford and what makes sense? And so that was sort of the mentality that I approached the college search process. And then, you know, and one of the greatest things about it is I had never been to the city of Chicago, for example, right? But I had applied, I think I applied to three schools in the Chicago area plus Notre Dame. And so um, as part of, you know, following up on being accepted and, you know, and receiving some financial aid from these schools, I was fortunate enough to, to fly up to Chicago and actually visit these schools and, and spend the night, you know, in the residence halls with the host. Um, and it was such a transformative experience for me as a high school you know, as a high school senior, I think it was. Um, and then I got on a train and, and went to South Bend, Indiana, you know, two and a half hours away and spent a few days at Notre Dame. And so I really took the opportunity that the college admissions process provided me to to actually travel some and see parts of the country that I hadn't seen. Um, you know, I did the same, obviously, within the state of Florida, which are driving distance. Um, but I visited schools in D.C., you know, I spent time in Chicago. Um, and so it was really an opportunity to to really see what's possible, you know, and not to, not to foreclose opportunities, not to close any doors. Um, because, again, you know, I think it's natural to assume that the sticker price is what you're going to have to pay. But as a Pell-eligible student, you know, from a, a working-class economic family, um, and there was a lot of resources available from private institutions to, um, you know, to make it realistic for me to potentially attend there. Yeah, and I know that in our initial conversation, we talked a lot about that experience of you being able to visit those campuses and um, how so highly reputable uh, you thought that experience was. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess my question is about that. How can we... Um, find those opportunities. Um, you know, free money isn't necessarily 
um, advertised. <laughs> so how did you find yeah. out that you were able to go travel to those schools or stay in the dorms or um, make that happen for yourself? Yeah, um, you know, something I've always tried to do is to not assume things, right? A lot of times we assume that things aren't possible, resources aren't available. It's just not, you know, if it was available, someone would tell me. Yeah. And I sort of take the opposite approach. And so, you know, yes, my flight was still something I had to pay for, right? But I was able to, by engaging with the admissions office and saying, hey, I would like to come to Chicago and I would love to visit the campus. Like I applied, I was admitted, you know, I, I loved that, the chance to see it. Um, each of the school, I think there were three institutions in, in Chicago. Each of them that I reached out to, they were ecstatic that this kid from Florida was willing to fly out to Chicago. And so not only did, you know, they set me up with campus tours, but, but as I mentioned earlier, you know, they set me up with like a, a current student who was sort of my host for the evening, you know, and and I had a free place to stay. And yeah. so, you know, that allows the, the cost of travel to be partially subsidized. You know, it's one thing to go to Chicago for three nights and have three hotel rooms worth of expenses. But, you know, in my case, I paid for the flight. You know, the transportation was affordable. I mean, I took the subway, right, to yeah. get to the campuses. Yeah. And then getting there, you know, I think each school provided me with like a meal voucher that I could eat on campus for free. You know, I had a, a current student host, so my housing was, you know, covered. And so I was able to really visit these campuses in addition to visiting the city of Chicago for the first time um, on, you know, a, a fraction of what it would have cost me, uh, you know, to do that otherwise. And the experience of visiting a campus for me was transformative. Um, you know, oftentimes, like, we naturally gravitate and like things that we are accustomed to, right? And so I grew up in a big city, and so I assumed that I would, you know, I would want to go to a big city and go to college in a big city. And, uh, but I had never really spent any time in a college town, right? I mean, I ended up at the University of Florida, which is in Gainesville, a college town, and it was amazing. And uh, I didn't really know that until I visited and, yeah. you know, I visited many urban campuses. I visited many rural campuses and, and college town campuses. And they each have, you know, things to like and dislike about them. And for me, um, the University of Florida just felt like home. Like when I was walking around campus, you know, I could see myself there. When I was engaging with, you know, with folks there, it just felt like a, a good fit. And I don't, I would not have known that if I hadn't visited the campuses. Yeah, no, totally. It really gives you a sense of what student life is like there when you get the chance to visit and how wonderful of an experience um, for you to be able to stay with a current student. I mean, that is just, you get the real honest uh, answers to all questions you have about that campus and whatnot. So um, mm -hmm. very, very useful and totally recommend to students in their college search processes, see what you can do to visit campuses that you're interested in. So let's jump back to your time from high school to college, um, that kind of transition for you and kind of dive into how you are able to build your own success with what you had available. Um, during the time, was law your call? Did you know that that would be a passion of yours? 
you know, all along, kind of as I as I headed off to college and started picking my courses and my major, etc. Law was always sort of that north star that I knew I would would work towards. But um, I my approach to college was to balance sort of fun with pragmatic. And so, you know, for example, you know, in, in choosing the courses that I took, I certainly identified my interests fairly quickly. Um, but I was also trying to make multiple majors viable for as long as I could. And going into my, you know, the fall of my senior year of college, I was on track to graduate on time with two of like five different majors. And I had to pick two at that point because I was running out of time, right? But, um, you know, economics, political science, history, business, and something else that I can't even remember now. But um, I, I thought, you know, I didn't want to rely on academic advisors to make sure that I know what I'm doing and that I'm taking the right classes. You know, I'm very much a, you know, it's important to know what resources are available and use them as needed. But but I never felt like I wanted to rely on others to kind of keep me on the right path for myself. You know, like college for me was an opportunity to really uh, be independent and, and really take ownership of, of my own success and my own journey, you know, fully understanding and acknowledging that all, each of our journey is dependent on, you know, the help of others. You know, I, I certainly don't have any delusions that I single-handedly created my own path, but I was, you know, I felt like I needed to steer the ship and not rely on someone else to, to keep me moving forward. Um, you know, to give you an example, um, when I when I chose a, a a major in the business school at Florida, you know, I read the the course catalog, you know, from cover to cover, the policies about you know dropping classes and not dropping classes, the W's, and I mean all of that kind of nitty gritty details. Um, I wanted to know, like, if I'm in a class and things aren't going well. You know, when is the deadline to drop things? Like, by when do I need to declare a major? You know, looking at the, uh, most schools nowadays have sort of a four-year track for you to stay on, on, on pace to get your degree. And so, you know, it tells you, like, you need to take two major classes in your first year and you need to take three more in your, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And so I made it a point to really understand what my track looked like for like these five different majors. And so I was able to take responsibility for my own path. And then of course, you know, questions came up. There's a lot of times as a student, you're not in a position to, to really understand the, you know, the nuances of, of the inner workings of higher education institutions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I certainly, you know, sought out academic advisors, went to the Dean's office and utilize the resources available to me but i did that sort of after trying to do it on my own first right i didn't just show up and like ask questions that i could answer on page one yeah you know um i i did my own research first and then i identified what questions do i still have that aren't answered and that's you know and that's what i did and and I found that, um, you know, the individuals who engaged with me were much more receptive 
and sort of respected that I wasn't coming in to ask like, you know, some easy question that is on page one of the of the, of the catalog, right? Mm-hmm. That I was asking things that oftentimes they're like, oh, that's a great question. No one's asked that before. I'm not sure, but I'll look into it and get back to you. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that was kind of my experience in, in, in really taking as much ownership and responsibility for my own path as I, as I could while still, you know, recognizing and utilizing uh, all the resources that are available to me. Yeah, so I know we've kind of talked about um, how helpful an academic advisor or a guidance counselor can be to students and really of all ages, I mean, you know, that resource is available to you throughout your entire education journey. So, I mean, take advantage of it while you can and any time that you're in an education um completely and totally so apart from that what are some other things that uh resources that you can really attribute a lot of help to a lot of things that you know really helped you yeah you know depending on which you know what what kind of school you end up going to so you know i we i mean we all know our own experience the best right and so when I attended the University of Florida, it was a 47,000 undergrad student campus. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very big place, right? It's easy to, to kind of get lost in the crowd. And so um, for me, something that was very helpful, and I think, you know, it's probably not unique to big schools. I mean, you can do this in any side school, but really to create your own group, like your own like subset of this broad um, place that has so many opportunities. I mean, you know, most big, big schools have like two to 500 student organizations. Like it's not realistic that you're gonna be involved in that many, (laughs) you know, but whether you have 20 to pick from or 500 to pick from, you know, you can identify anywhere from like one to five that over your four years that you can feel like, you know, this is something that I'm passionate about. These are, this is a group of people who have similar interests, similar, you know, opportunities that they want to pursue and really get to know them, be involved in these organizations. You know, I mean, as you know, college is so much more than just the in the classroom experience. Mm-hmm. The classroom is certainly critical. But if that's all you do, you're really missing out on, on, a, on a huge portion of the college experience. Completely. And so, you know, use the facilities, get to know folks, you know, expand your horizons, attend lectures that the speaker is saying things that you strongly disagree against, you know, go to a new dance performance or music performance or sport that you've never watched before. Um, you know, it, it's really... I mean, life is about experiencing new things and expanding our horizons and learning more. And college is just a wonderful place that provides so many of those potential experiences to to the community, you know, not just to the students, but to the community at large. And, you know, as a student on a college campus, um, there's so much that you can do that um, it really is a shame if you graduate four years later or, or five or six years later and think back like, oh, I wish I had gone to a, you know, a lacrosse game or a track and field meet, you know, or a swimming match or, you know, whatever that may be for you. Um, just 
you know, meet people, make friends, get involved in things that you're passionate about, explore things that you don't even, didn't even know existed that you may develop a passion for. So and true. you know, that, that was really, you know, my approach to college was to balance what I already knew I was interested in and what I already knew I wanted to pursue with opportunities that, you know, for me were totally new and unexpected. Um, you know, I, I was a, a resident assistant for one year. Um, you know, I never thought that that would be something I would be interested in going into college. But, you know, I, I did it for a year and it, it was fun, you know. I, um, and so, you know, there's so much that you don't know about until you get there and you hear about it. And um, I always, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie, like, Yes Man with Jim Carrey <laughs> yes. or something like that, yeah. where he has to say yes to everything. Yeah. You know, that's probably a little too extreme, but sort of the, the underlying the underlying yeah. philosophy is really, you know, be open to things that you might not have been open to um, because that can, it can surprise you. A lot of times um, when you're introduced to something that you didn't even know existed or was possible, um, it may totally change the course of your life. Yeah, so true. And I mean, college is really kind of this come one, come all, open ground to anything and everything. Um, you know, you really do have that experience to just walk in somewhere brand new and just give it a try. So I think that's completely integral to the growth in college. I mean, apart from the academic growth, uh, the way that, you know, we learn about relationships and people and ourselves, more importantly, throughout that is just the most valuable experience uh, to me personally. I can't talk highly enough of it. So I appreciate you saying that and just encouraging um, that kind of that attitude, that yes, <laughs> yes attitude. Um, so for sure, completely and totally. Um, a few uh, kind of switching gears here. I know that you had some time as a mentor to students, and I know that that was something that you are personally passionate about. What kind of advice could you share? I mean, I know you've talked highly of scholarships, um, you know, visiting campuses, uh, you know, things that you could be doing to really kind of propel yourself into college and kind of jump in both feet. Um, do you have any other pieces of advice for students or anything you'd like to share on your time as a mentor? You know, uh, mentoring is really kind of a two-way street and uh, sometimes even with the same individual, right? I mean, sometimes... Yeah kind of earlier in your in your own journey, you are the mentee to someone else. Um, but you may find yourself sometime in the future mentoring you know, this much wiser and generally older individual yeah. uh, on some experience that is new to them, despite their wisdom and, and, and additional age, you know, on you. And so mentoring is really nothing more than relationships, right? And, and that's what life is all about. And so... Um, just valuing individuals, valuing connection with other folks and thinking about, you know, what have I learned? What skills have I developed? What knowledge have I developed that can make, can make it easier for the next person who is going through a similar experience. And likewise, when I'm going through a new experience, you know, who do I know? Who have I met? Who can I meet now? Who can I connect with? Yeah. Who may have some words of wisdom that can can help me through this new experience, and so I've always sort of approached mentoring in this very 
you know, two-way street kind of way. Um, and I've had great mentors, you know, I mean, when I think back to college, I had several faculty members and, you know, and advisors to student organizations who were really wise beyond their years and, and, and really helping me think about different things, right? And so, I mean, I had a faculty member in political science who, when I told him I wanted to go to law school, he was like, no, you should go to get a PhD in political science and become a faculty member. And mm-hmm. obviously I, I didn't take his advice, yeah. but I still, you know, I still really enjoyed my conversations with him, um, you know, getting someone else's perspective on, on things that we we're going through or things we're planning to go through um, is really helpful. And, it, you know, whenever I have the opportunity to, to sort of be in, you know, on, for the shoes on the other foot, where I can help someone else who is, you know, going through this, um, I certainly, you know, do everything I can to make that possible. Uh, to give you an example, um, you know, someone who's, who spent the last 10 years in higher education law as an attorney for universities, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I have several law clerks, you know, law students who worked in the office during the summers. Um, who are trying to break into higher education law or are trying to decide, you know, should I leave this institution to go to another institution? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a lot of these conversations with, um, you know, more junior attorneys who, who I guess, you know, who I know personally from having worked with them, um, who, who kind of, you know, look, look for some advice, you know, uh, like what what did I learn in my own journey as a higher ed attorney that may be helpful for them as they are figuring out what to do or what not to do and you know and, and, and I shared with you the the comment about getting a PhD instead of law school yeah. you know you don't have to follow your your mentor's advice right <laughs> it's it's not this it's not like uh, if you don't listen to me I'm not going to mentor you anymore like mentoring is just a relationship and a conversation and you know and sharing of information and advice and um i really love just getting to know people and and being helpful whenever possible so i have found mentoring to be extremely rewarding um and uh, you know i've reached a point in my career where i would say i'm sort of i'm a mentee and a mentor equally yeah (laughs) Um, you know earlier in my career it was towards being a mentee um, and the biggest advice I can give to you know students who are looking at, at college as the next step is you know don't be afraid to to meet a new person don't be afraid to seek out a faculty member in your department or you know someone on campus who you think is doing something really cool or has done something really cool that you want to learn more about and uh, and just get to know them, like make time to, to just be a person and get to know them as another person. Um, and sometimes that will sort of blossom into a, a mentoring relationship and sometimes it won't. And that's, that's okay. Um, it's kind of like fishing, you know, if you are like, I'm going to talk to one person and that's going to be my mentor. And if it doesn't work, then forget it. You know, that's, that's not a very productive attitude. Um, but really see it as an opportunity to meet new folks and learn things and, and, and learn about things that maybe you don't know much about right now. And, um, and you never know, you know, what, what impact that may have on, on your future life choices. 
Yeah, no, I love how you say that it is really about that relationship because we encourage students to find mentors left and right, you know, like just just absorb as much information as you can from other people who've been in your shoes and have successfully made it through whatever it is you are facing in front of you. So I think the power of mentorship can be incredible but I love that you've kind of simplified this whole big huge I have to find this mentor who's going to change my life and alter my thinking and while that's great and I'm sure everybody can say that about someone in their lives there's so many other people that have influenced their decisions or relationships or learning styles that you know wasn't that person so just taking in everything from everyone around you is really key and um, interpreting those decisions for yourself of of course too you know like your example about a PhD or law school I mean sometimes it's just helpful to have those relationships with people to talk things out on your own and just have the conversation and you know sometimes their input can make you find your own decision because you're like actually no I really I I now know that I don't want to do that I want to do this Um, Mm -hmm. help you make those big life decisions so so useful and certainly encourage students you know, to do so, take the take the first step, send send an awkward email or go see a teacher that you may not have had class with, but you've heard great things about and um, try to build those relationships and they'll only lead you good places, you know, can't can't go wrong mm-hmm. there. You know, I would add one other thing that yeah. um, a lot of, you know, a lot of professionals really dread networking, right? Yeah. Networking <laughs> is, is just the dread of half of the population, it seems. And networking is really not much more than just getting to know people, right? It's it's introducing yourself to new people, finding points of of similarities and connections to have a conversation, and also identify points of newness that that really breeds really great dialogue. And, you know, if you approach your time in college as an opportunity to really expand your horizons, expand your thinking, learn new things, meet new new people, and you really internalize that approach and you keep that for the rest of your life, you know, networking is not going to be seen as this like awful thing. Yeah. It'll be totally easy because all it is is caring about and like being in the moment with people that you're meeting. And it is, you know, when I think about the two extremes, right, being basically the social butterfly who can go up to anybody and talk to anybody about anything. And on the other end of the spectrum, like someone who's, you know, a total recluse, Mm -hmm. um, thinking about practical, you know, a lot of college students pursue additional degrees, professional school, or even just references for jobs. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get to know people, if you don't, if you don't engage with other people, When it comes time to have references, letters of recommendation, um, it really puts you in a challenging position. And, you know, as someone who's been working in higher ed for many years now, um, I know from personal conversations with various faculty members how frustrating it is for them when some student that took their class once, never talked to them, asked for a letter of recommendation. You know, they're like, I don't know anything about this person. Like, I know what grade they got, but I, you know, that's not a good letter. And so, you know, I certainly, I certainly don't want to suggest that like you should 
meet people and care about people and have conversations so that you can get a letter recommendation. Yeah. But it, it is an incidental benefit to that. Yeah. That, you know, if you are pursuing something where having recommendations and, and, and references is helpful, which I think nowadays everything <laughs> requires that to some degree, you know, taking the approach where I'm going to meet people and, and care about them and learn about them and, and, and build these connections um, is not only rewarding in the moment and on a personal level, but it can also pay dividends professionally for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's not just about, um, you know, how to, I have to be close with this person because a letter of rec with that, from them would look really good. It's, it's about, you know, what can I learn from this person? And really, the bottom line is you never know who you're going to, like, revisit down the line. You know, you never know in 10 years if the peer sitting next to you in high school geometry class is going to end up hiring you one day for a position or you know whatever it may be um so those relationships are just so important to keep in touch with and um keep for the sake of um, continuing to build them as you go and the benefits mm -hmm. are always always great on the other end um but really it's about the things that you can take from uh that relationship and the learnings there for sure mm -hmm. So I definitely, we're getting close to our time. Um, I want to be cautious of that. Um, it has been so great to have you on. I really appreciate, you know, you speaking with me about all of these different aspects of um, how you selected school, how you paid for school, um, and how you got the most out of school. And I think it's really important to our students to hear all of these things. Um, do you have any final pieces of advice or tidbits that you want to leave today? You know, I think the biggest... The biggest thing that I that I would want the sort of the next generation of college students to, to, to know, you know, for whatever it's worth, one person's opinion yeah. is this is such an exciting time of your life to, to try new things. And, uh, you know, trying new things can be very scary. I, I totally get that. Um, but you're sort of in a, in a controlled of an environment to try and fail. And experiment with different things that um, you know like, if not now then when you know what I mean and so you know take a class in a random topic attend a, a student org meeting for something that you disagree with or you don't know anything about you know like go to a field hockey game if you've never watched field hockey I've never watched field hockey I just <laughs> randomly pick a sport I haven't watched um, you know like meet people from different parts of the country, different race and ethnic groups, different religions, different, you know, speak different languages, try new foods. Like, yeah. this is this is such a, an amazing time and opportunity to just not only figure out who you are, but also, you know, learn more about the world and, and the people in it. And so, you know, it, it's totally natural to be hesitant or scared or to put yourself out there. But I say, you know, if you can power through that and, and do it anyway, um, I, I think in the long run, um, you know, you're going to think back to your time in college and, and have so many great memories um, instead of regrets of things you didn't do, you know. And I think that that's, that's really important. And I guess the last thing I would say, 
as someone who did not study abroad, um, <laughs> my only regret when I look back at college was not studying not abroad. Studying abroad. So, All right. Where would yeah, you have gone? I, you know, I, I looked at, at lots of different places. I looked yeah. at you know South America and uh, and, and parts of, of Europe. Um, and I would, you know, I, I think the, the place you go is less important than that you go. I think yeah. studying abroad is an opportunity to, to sort of, you know, put yourself in, in an environment where, where it's foreign to you. You know, they speak a different language, the cultural norms may be different, um, to, to really kind of be the outsider who is sort of learning this, this new place, this language, this culture, the food, the customs. I think the experience um, is just transformative as, as a human. Um, I've had the opportunity to travel, you know, um, extensively throughout Europe um, as, a, as an adult, and, and that's been really amazing. But if I would have been able to start earlier in life and, and really immerse myself, you know, for four months in another country, in another culture, um, I think that, that, you know, that's something that, that I wish I could go back and do. Yeah, well, totally. And um, I hope students take that into account as they move forward. So go study abroad and go uh, watch a field hockey game the next time you get the opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, It's been great. Is there anything, um, any way that students can keep up with you personally uh, that you would like me to share today? You know, I'm, I'm not too active on Facebook or most social media. I am on LinkedIn. And so um, students are certainly welcome to, to, to connect with me on LinkedIn. And, right. and um, I'm always happy to, to, to continue to create more mentoring relationships. So happy to help others um, whenever possible. Wonderful. We'll make sure to leave that in the description for you guys. So thank you one last time for being on. Um, and to everybody else, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Community. Educational. Don't forget to follow us at Cougs Rise on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay updated on all new episodes as well as all of our tips and tricks to navigating the journey of higher education. 